You're listening to Toolbox of the Trades, brought to you by Service Titan, a podcast for top service professionals where we interview leaders for their best tips and tricks of the trades. Learn how industry trailblazers stay ahead of the competition and how you too can be at the forefront of an industry. Let's jump in. Hey, everyone. I hope you've enjoyed the first few episodes of Toolbox for the Trades. We'll be uploading new episodes every other week, but since you're probably spending a little more time scrolling through your news feeds, I wanted to throw in a bonus episode for good measure. A couple of weeks ago, Tom Howard, the VP of Customer Experience at Service Titan, did a live webinar with one of our longtime customers, Mario Compriano, the owner of Express Electric in Southern California. We spoke with Mario because his essential business is doing quite well despite COVID-19 lockdowns and social distancing restrictions. During the interview, Tom chats with Mario about his troubled personal past, his creative marketing strategies, how to motivate technicians, and how he managed to achieve a 27% net profit. Now, keep in mind, this audio is a little different from what you've heard already. How? Well, for one, Tom and Mario take questions from a live audience. If you want to see the video of that live recording, visit servicetitan.com slash Mario. That's M-A-R-I-O. Now, enjoy this bonus episode of Toolbox for the Trades, featuring Tom Howard and Mario Compriano. All right. So thanks a lot, Jackie. Um, I have to tell you guys, I when when I was going around on Facebook and looking at stuff, I, I realized that a lot of people were asking, Hey, I want to, you know, you have plumbing companies, you have HVAC companies. Like I want to, I want to see something else, electrical garage door, that kind of thing. And, um, I said, okay, I'll, I'll find one. Then I had people saying, Hey, I, I want to find a smaller company. You're bringing on a lot of big companies. You know, Ken Goodrich was on last week at a hundred million in sales. And, and I want to see someone smaller. I said, okay. And then and someone said, well, they have to be in a hard hit area. And you know, the, the it just kept getting higher and higher and higher. So I said, okay, I got to get a small company that's not HVAC or plumbing that's in a hard hit area. I was like, okay, I, I started adding up and um, Mario came to mind. I said, well, I'll reach out to Mario, see how he's doing. And um, yeah, I'll, I'll let Mario tell a lot of the story there, but I, I will tell you his, with all these webinars, I, I go on beforehand because a lot of contractors try to exaggerate their numbers and things like that. And I, you know, I, I verify these things before we have them on the webinar. So at least when you know you're on the webinar, you can get legit things. Yeah, but Mario is about 8 million in sales at 27% profit, net profit. And yeah, it's legit there. So um, anyway, Mario, I'm, I'm glad that you were able to do this with us and, and come on at this time. Mario was literally finishing his tech meeting 10 minutes ago. He's like, Tom, I'll be on there in a minute. I, I promise. I, I just got to wrap this up. We, I got a new marketing campaign going out. It has to go. And we love having people that are real and, and, you know, truly in their businesses on every week. Anyway, so Mara, you, you were one of the originals at Service Titan, right? When did, when did you come on? I was about the ending of 2012. But first of all, I got to say thanks for having me on. And I, I got to admire all my gray hair. I didn't have this, this much gray <laughs> hair. But yeah, I got to say about the ending of 2012, um, if I recall correctly, and you know, when I called in for, for, you know, a demo, Vaca was the one that answered. So it was pretty amazing. <laughs> and then when we, when, when we ran into some problems with the software, you know, Vaca would race over to our office and you start code writing in, in, you know, in one of our offices. And back then we were in a small setting. So it was cool to have them there for about four or five hours a day, just start code writing. And I would go there and peek and be like, dude, what are you doing? That just looks like dirt verbiage, man. Well, you know, how many languages is there in code writing? Is there, there's three languages. And I'm like, all right, whatever. So that do it. <laughs> well, that's great. So yeah, that was 2012. Just so you guys know, before that was Lynx Logic. So that was really like the first year that Service Titan really existed. And I think they probably still only had just him and Aura. I, I don't think if Matt Levitt had started yet, but I'm not sure. He was employee number, th- number three. You're running a smaller shop though. We talked about 8 million. What's happening right now as far as, what you guys do in your business? Do you do new construction, residential retrofit, commercial? What's the landscape of your business? That's a very good question, Tom. If, it, if I was doing construction right now, I'd probably be doing this. But, <laughs> uh, you know, we're, we're strictly in the residential service and repair industry, just like any other contractor that's probably listening to us here. 
You know, we're, we're, we only want to work with homeowners. That's all we want to do. You know, we're not into construction. We're not even into remodels, not in our vocabulary. Yeah, we just choose not to do that. We choose not to do tenant landlords, but at times we do get the tenant landlord because they sneak in through the call center. As you know, some of these people <laughs> say, I'm the owner and things of that nature happen. Commer- if it's a commercial customer, we have to screen the call very well because, again, we want to deal with the owner of the commercial building. We don't want to deal with the tenant because we already know what's the outcome. The outcome is going to be, hey, I'm going to get back this to my landlord and I'll get back to you. Or they end up paying for it and then the landlord calls us and says, hey, why did you go on to my property and do these repairs? I mean, I can go on and on. But we are strictly dealing with residential homeowners, and that's probably about 98% of our business. And 2% of our business is probably like commercial work when the commercial business owner gives us a call and we have to go out there and do a repair or an install. So that's that's the niche of our business. Okay. So, I mean, right now, obviously, wouldn't have be having you on here if, if you know, and, and saying that you're doing well if you're not. So, obviously, you're doing some stuff well. What, what are some of the things that, that are helping you move along right now? And, and by the way, just so people know, he actually had an increase in revenue into March over last March, and he's been increasing every month. So, what are some of the things that are making this happen, especially electrical? Because for a lot of us, our electrical departments are just being – I was talking to a company uh, two days ago that their electrical department was just destroyed. What are some of the things you're doing to help that kind of keep coming in? You know, it's a very good question. Well, we diversify our marketing portfolio. That's for damn sure, right? We try to figure out which which way um, to market ourselves at today's times. And, you know, we have a new marketing campaign. And I don't want to go off the question what you're asking me, but it has to do with training, right? So we train consistently, consistently, consistently. I was just on a Zoom training right now about our new marketing piece that's about to hit the airwaves because we're going in TV very, very, very strong with high frequency. And if you see our commercial, our commercial is, we're not offering discounts. We're not doing any of that. You know what we're doing is we're just being humans by saying, hey, we're in this fight together. If you need services, we're still here. But what I'm pushing for is to make sure that our customers understand that we can offer you a 12 months, no interest, no payments right now, and that your first payment starts in the 13th month. I mean, guys, understand people are trying to hold on to their money right now. For, you know, for crying out loud, people are, you know, deferring their mortgage payments, their car payments. So, you know, what's the best thing that you could do to help out your customer right now? Your best thing that you could do right now is actually tell them about your payment plans that you do have and make sure that they can pay it, you know, 13 months from now or 18 months from now where they don't have to worry about paying a big ticket item right now. Because our average ticket here at Express, I can't really gauge it, but I know it's somewhere about 2500 per average ticket. So well, your I can gauge person, it for you because I checked your account and service time. It's about 2,440 bucks right, uh, as so. of yesterday. So I, I mean, honestly for air conditioning, I mean, we can get these $10,000 jobs, $20,000 jobs for, to have a 2,400 and basically just, just under $2,500 average ticket in electrical. And that includes all of them. Cause by the way, we always, we, we separate our average ticket in air conditioning. We start saying, oh, well, average ticket, we're talking about install or service or whatever. With electrical, he's talking about the average call that he goes on is over 2,400 bucks. Right. It's just amazing to me. Um, yeah. So basically you're, you're running a lot more advertising on, on financing, I'm hearing, and telling them, hey, we're in it together. So what are some other... Uh, things you got going on right now like are there any other promotions or things like that well you know of course we always like to promote you know 20 percent off you know any new installs we are promoting ourselves you know but we have to think outside the box and i'm going to tell you a funny story well actually you've already heard it but it's just thinking outside the box i'm trying to figure out how how can you market yourself on the next door app you know a lot of people say screw yelp i'm one of them i say yelp's the damn devil but you know, we still try. I got, I got really bad rating on Yelp, like a 2.5, and we're trying to better that. But we still advertise on Yelp because um, you don't, you would imagine how many calls we get on people that say, you know, I've already called 10 people and they don't want to come out, but you guys are willing to come out, right? So it's just making sure that you have all your open channels of advertisement to make sure that you could get that one customer that needs help to, you know, for you to go out there and give them a hand, you know. Are- Go ahead. Are you are you getting discounts on any of that right now? Like you mentioned, going more on TV, 
are the TV stations giving you a better rate now that we're hitting, you know, these times? That's a very good question. We are, we, we did negotiate a, a good TV deal. You know, we're paying a fraction of the cost, you know, for all the, for the few channels that were coming out on, you know, we picked it up uh, for a very, very low rate. <laughs> I got I got to, okay. I got to keep that on the hush, man. Uh, I'm a, I'm a hard negotiator. Uh, you know, I, I, I just make sure that I run the numbers. You know, I have this saying that, you know, people lie with numbers, but numbers don't lie. So I love to make sure that I cross my T's and dot my I's, but anybody out there trying to market themselves right now, right now is a good opportunity to make sure that you can uh, negotiate your rates with any marketing agency. Yeah. I see a lot of, a lot of the contractors I'm hearing that are doing well right now, they're negotiating better rates with TV, radio, whatever they can. I mean, whatever they can get their hands on. Uh, just so some of you contractors know out there, Facebook is actually offering grants right now in certain areas, but it's only to certain areas. So you got to check to see if your city is available for grants for ads. So one of the pieces of this Mario is, is that, you know, we're talking about how you're uh, no stranger to hard times. We talked about, you know, the fact that you're an ex con and, and things like that. And you had to figure out what to get through <laughs> in life. And I don't think we have to go too much into it, but, when I talk to you, I really understand that, Hey, you've, you've been through a heck of a lot, alcoholism, prison, that kind of stuff. So we started talking a few days ago about 2008. And when that, when that crisis hit and what you're able to do to get through that, could you tell us about how that went down and what happened? And cause I think we're all going into this crisis right now. Some of us have been through the 2008 financial crisis. I remember, you know, I was working at an air conditioning company. I was a sales guy and I started going out and, man, all of a sudden, all my financing didn't get approved. And like 60, 70% of my jobs are financed. And all of a sudden, I couldn't sell anything to save my life. Can you tell us about what happened to you and what, you're, what you went through and, and how you came out of it? Well, you know, in 2000, when the, the when, when 2007 recession hit, I was still doing construction and I was very heavy in construction. You know, I had, um, you know, out here in Los Angeles, we, we call them track homes and doing the commercial tilt-tilt buildings. And I had good relationships with good contractors, but, you know, receiving a letter from one of my, what I considered back then a good friend of mine, receiving the letter from the bankruptcy court, and I was the first one being written off for 298000 and what he owed me was devastating, was absolutely devastating. I mean, I remember pacing back and forth in my bedroom and a house I had just finished building, and I'm looking at this house I just finished building, and we're in, you know, I'm in the bedroom, it's two o'clock in the morning, I'm pacing back and forth, and my wife's asking me what's wrong, and you know, I had to tell her, hey, we might have to file for BK. And then I had to fill her in what was going on, and you know, I owed my supply house, I owed one supply, you know, a lot, you know, 60, 70 grand, I owed the other one about 110 grand, and try to figure out that, how can I get out of this hole? So. I actually had to go back, went to a couple of attorneys, had them write up some documents to show that I, I was ready to file for BK. And I just oh, used yeah. that how as long leverage. You been, how long have you been out of jail by this point? How oh, shit. Since 94. So quite some time already. So it's like, so, so you get out of prison, you get, you're, get, you, you get on the right side, you get your business going, you start making things happen. You're, you're making decent money by this point, I'm assuming. Yes. No. Well, ah, yeah, you know, it, it was, it was enough for me to live comfortable, put it that way. I wasn't as profitable as I am now, you know, back then as a contractor, when you were seeing 5%, 7% net profit, you were like, fuck yeah, you know, but <laughs> at the end of the day, if I do that right now, I, you know, I'd probably be shit scareless right now, but. So you get out of that and now, so now 2008 rolls around, you basically get told you're going into, well, that, that another guy BK'd on you that owes you 200 and something, almost $300,000. Yeah. You have to tell your wife about it, which, wow. That didn't, I, that didn't go imagine. too good either. <laughs> that didn't go too good either, but. Yeah. So, okay. So now, so now you're looking at this and you basically got to decide what you're going to do. Right. So I decided to fight. I decided to stay in the ring and fight and said, you know what? I've, I can't give up on my dream. And I went and negotiated with the supply houses to give me some time to pay them off. Got back on a truck. And I said, you know what, construction, I won't touch anymore. And I started getting back on a truck. And then I just started going out there and selling, selling my life away, man, selling jobs. I wouldn't take no for an answer. I got to thank a couple, you know, industries that are out there. I don't know if I can name them on here, 
you know, who helped me out and, you know, they, they taught me the okay process. With it, I'm okay with it. So, yeah, I, you know, yeah. So, you know, I, I got to thank Joe, Cas- uh, Joe Casera, com. He took me under his wing and taught me how to not take no for an answer. Next star, you know, they, they're great. And, you know, I just ran with the program. I just ran. I said, give me a system and I'll learn it and I'll run with it. And I did, you know, I started, listen, it got to the point where I, I swear to God, true story. It got to the point where I was outside of Home Depot. Now I didn't have a sign like we're, we're, we're you know, we'll work for food, but you have to get smart. You know, you go into Home Depot and you start looking at the people that are picking, you know, buying electrical items. You start hitting them up. Hey, you got an electrician to do that? You know, and then you start just, going, 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 and it starts to become a domino effect, you know, and you got to be hungry for it at the end of the day. If you're not hungry for it, if you can't go knock on somebody's door, you know, I don't know what to tell you, but that changed my life. That gave me a reality wake-up call. And, and, and before 2008, I was working for a service company, and I was a good technician, but between that portion and me becoming a contractor and, you know, getting into this big construction industry because it was booming – you know, I lost my road. I lost my roadmap of actually being a service technician, but I got back in it. And like I said, I, I learned some systems and I killed it, man. Killed it. You know, yeah. for there's there's some there's some uh, marketing, and I won't mention this marketing agency, but there's a marketing agency that we all know that will sell the th- the three leads to one contractor. And um, I'm still I still have an account with those people because when I needed leads the most. They were there for me, but I killed it, man. I, I mean, in one year with this one company, uh, the, when I said I was going to get out of debt and I was the, and I was a selling tech myself in the first year I did about seven and a quarter, just with that marketing agency, just them alone. But I was running calls like crazy. I wasn't taking no for an answer. <laughs> You'd have to throw me out of your house in order for me to get through, for me to take, okay, okay. They're finally saying no, let me leave. Right. But yeah, I was pretty, I got to, I, I got to thank that to my, to the people that, that took me under their wing, man. Yeah. I, I think, I think the main piece I'm getting out of that is, is cause we go into these things a lot and we start freaking out when the next thing hits. It's like the weatherman, you know, I always hear the weatherman in June. He's like, I can't remember when, it, when the last time was, it was this hot. And I'm like, dude, I can't, it was like last June. Like I, <laughs> I, I got it on my phone. Like I can look it up, you know? And then, and then, you know, we hit these crises. It's like, oh my gosh, I can't remember the last time it was this bad. It's like, well, it's happened before and it'll probably happen again. And, but the reality is, is we can look back and, and when I hear your stories, I'm like, look, he was there and he was in new construction during the 2008 financial crisis, which hit new construction, like nothing else. And, um, it was terrible. And, and you had a guy bankrupt on you that owed you almost 300 grand and you weren't as big of a company back then, like you said. And so losing 300 G's and, and losing all the new construction business and you know, everything out and you're still coming out in the end. And by the way, they didn't have the PPP program back there, or the IDL or that. I remember those days. It was like, well, <laughs> uh, yeah, the, and and the hardest and the hardest thing too was also losing some good employees back then. Telling them that you know my biggest worry has always been to make sure that I can pay my employees before I take a paycheck. Always pay my employees first; they're my yeah. biggest asset, right? So, losing some great guys too that that sucked. Yeah. Wow. Well, on to your employees because we were talking on on the phone a little bit about employees, and you talked about employee morale and attitude and negativity. Could you? Could you give us a little bit of a uh, background on how you handle it when employees are kind of like worried or freaking out or whatever and that kind of stuff? Yeah, sure. So, you know, first of all, you know, my thing, Tom, as I, as I was telling you, you know, you have to learn how to be a leader. How do you be a leader? By sometimes being yourself. I mean, don't try to excuse my friends, but don't try to bullshit. You know, um, I don't allow people talking negative in the, our office. I mean, just recently somebody was talking about all oh, the economists said that there's going to be 30% of people that are going to be unemployed. I had to stop and pause and look at them and then say, I say, but look at the cup half full, not half empty. And look at the 70% of people that are still going to be employed. And you're a part of that 70%. Have a good day. And I walked off. Right. Because again, <laughs> I don't want to come off of being a jerk. Because I could be, I like to be coming off as motivating. Hey, how can I change your mindset? Come on, we can work together as a team, right? 
there's, you know, if you're negative, like, hey, the, the, the sky is falling. Well, if I start showing fear in my company today, guess what? Everybody's going to start fe being fearful. But if I start teaching my company that we have to, that, that they are heroes, that we're in the front line, we're giving you everything to protect yourselves. Let's go out there and be humans. Let's help other humans in need. We can do this together as a team. If this is not an I, this is a we thing. We have to work like gears. You know, they start getting motivated. They start getting pumped. And they know that they're putting their life at risk going out there. They know that they're in the front lines. But they know that as a company, they know that we are providing everything to protect themselves. They know that we're getting on Zoom meetings to make sure that we're holding them accountable to make sure that they're protecting themselves. It's very, very important. But you have to show leadership. And, yeah. you know, so I, I have some good friends, too, that, you know, uh, a gentleman by the name of Joe Grady, a good, good friend of mine that he's also taught me, you know, about leadership and making sure that we can hold our, you know, employees accountable. Now, right now, it's not the time to be harsh. And, and if you allow me to take a minute on this, you know, Tom, yeah, go for you it. know, right now, myself, my, you know, I'm not going to take the time right now to be harsh on an employee if he's not hitting his numbers. Uh, and the way I want him to hit his numbers. Right now, I'm trying to be as human as anybody else. Everybody is concerned. I don't want to use the word fear because I rebuke fear, but I do want to say that people are concerned of what's going on. You know, California, we're getting hit really hard with this COVID-19, but we got to make sure that we stay positive. And right now, I'm not, I'm keeping a, a tab of what technician is doing not that great. And we are having conversations with that technician when he's not doing good, because we want to make sure that his mindset is okay. And we make sure we keep mentioning, I'm going to tell you one thing we keep mentioning, Tom. Hey, are you okay? If, if you don't want to be out on the field, I hope you don't feel like you're being forced to be out on the field. But if you're feeling okay, and we have work, we want you to be out there in the front line, but you need to be okay with it. And we need to hear it from you. I'm not going to put words in your mouth. And I've been very blessed that we've got technicians that are just saying, hell no, I'm in this with you. We're in this fight together, boss. We're going to do this together as a team. I said, just do it. Just rock. So hmm. I thought I'd share that. Yeah. I mean, I think it's really inspiring to them, you know, and, and it's got to be, it's, it's got to make you proud as a business owner to hear that when they say, hey, we're in this with you, boss. I mean, that's, that's got to be huge. I and, mean, even, even the Zoom meeting that I just finished right now, Tom, it was, you know, all the guys got together and say like, hey, let's all get together and look for more supplies if we need supplies. And I'm saying to myself like, no, 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 no. Like, okay, we need supplies, but I already got a lot of supplies, right? I mean, I got, I got some. Yeah, I, got, I, think, I think one of the things to take away from this, I don't want to beat on it too much because for a lot of people it's too late for that. But we talked a lot on the phone about the fact that you saw this coming and you started preparing. You started buying masks before this hit. You started buying jugs of cleaning supplies and that kind of stuff. So what I could get into is, is that I don't want to be not too much because for those of us that this webinar doesn't, we're looking to help people. So we can't say, I told you so, you know, right, right. four months ago, you should have bought something. Right. Um, but, and you did, you really prepared and saw that coming. But I think something else happened, you know, that, that goes along the lines of being prepared and, and what to do that we could look at now. So you were talking to me about business starts to slow down, call volume starts changing you decided to go out and, uh, you know, could you tell a story about the, the freezers? What right, are you doing so, to react? You know, I, <laughs> so, you know, a funny thing is, you know, my, my brother, Renee, he, he's, he's my acting GM in the company. And if he's on here, man, thanks brother. Love you. Um, <laughs> listen, we, here, here's the thing. We went out, we, one of our technicians sent, sends uh, Renee a text message about, you know, uh, poultry and meats being sold through a main distributor that only sells to restaurants. So I told my brother, hey, let's go check it out. We jumped in his truck and we ended up buying $1,500 worth of poultry and meat, right? So here we have like 700 pounds in the back of his truck and where are we gonna store it? We didn't think about this ahead of time. Like, hey, do you have enough room in your freezer, refrigerator? So we started calling around Lowe's, Home Depot, all these other places. Nobody had freezers. so. The light bulb turned on, right? The light bulb turned on and says that we're struggling with this and everybody that's hoarding food is struggling with this. So as Renee's looking for a freezer, I'm on the phone with my marketing agency. I need you to change the ad. I need you to put in freezers in our AdWords, diversify it. And sh sure enough, started getting calls like crazy. Hey, I don't want, 
I bought a freezer. I need some extra power. I need power ran to my garage. And that's just because the light bulb turned on because I was facing the same problem as far as looking for a freezer. But I started saying, hey, people are going to be home more than they are. There is statistics that people during the weekend that are home more, you know, just periodically during the weekend and the evenings, people spend more time in their kitchens in the evening. There is statistics behind that. But now with the stay at home order, people are at home, you know, longer and their power is being used more. So we started actually changed our marketing towards that. And so far it's been working. Well, it's, it's kind of funny because the base of that that I see is, is that you're out looking for a freezer and instead of thinking about yourself the whole time, which is, man, I wish I had some food. That's really how money's made, right? Once we find a way to serve people in a way that's better than the way other people are serving them, we start making that money because they start calling us. So in this case, you're like, I bet you other people need help with freezers. They probably need electrical. They're probably busting breakers right now because they got like their fridge, their freezer, their everything else plugged in the same circuit. And and all of a sudden it's turn around and, and you know, you're getting business, which is just, just awesome to me. You know, with our marketing agency, we, we ended up putting an ad out. Like, do you have two refrigerators plugged into the same outlet or do you have two refrigerators in your house? Period. Call us now. We don't want you to lose the food that you're actually purchasing right now during the COVID-19. Boy, we, our phone started blowing up over that. <laughs> and that was just thinking outside the box, right? Because I was going through it, but I wanted to make sure that we had to, we had to make sure that thinking outside the box is to help other people. It's not just, listen, we want to make money. We know that making money is great. We want to make sure that it's a part of our what we are as entrepreneurs, but at the end of the day, money's not everything. And being human and helping other humans in need is be, is everything, right? To me, it is at least. I love to yeah. give back to my community. I just, that's just who I am now, right? Yeah, yeah. After, uh, after all shit, you can only get a stroke being a contractor, right? <laughs> so by the way, I got to tell this story. We've been given pieces of Mario's background. So Mario, ex-con, ex-alcoholic, that kind of stuff. Then Mario gets to this point where he gets a stroke in, in January. <laughs> yeah, the, the January 9th. Yeah, you know? so January 9th. Then, then his brother got COVID. Or was your brother-in-law that got COVID, or who is it? My, my best friend right now is today's is uh, – my best friend today is his 13th day in the hospital on a ventilator. And yesterday, uh, they had a def they had a defibrillize him. Is that what they say? They had to bring him back yeah. yesterday. Yeah, it was unfortunate. It's my best friend of uh, 22 years. Wow. fighting covid right now you yeah know, so. he was in an induced coma when we were right. talking still today. is yeah wow and, and so if anyone has the opportunity to sit back and say well i'm an electrical company i'm in a hard-hit area i just had a stroke my best friend's in the hospital with covid like business is going to be bad i can hang my head down i mean you'd be the guy that has that opportunity to make those excuses right now right oh right? yeah yeah <laughs> Boy, sometimes I can't sleep at night, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, we're going to get to the Q&A in just a minute, but we had one that if, let's see, Alan Mitchell, if you could go into the chat and uh, explain what you meant by functional description. So you said, I would like to see Tom's functional description for guidance on creating one for our company. If you can tell me what you meant by that, you can put it in the chat or something like that. I could answer that question in a few minutes. But yeah, Mario, a lot of this is people are upvoting the um, comments right now. The first one that got the highest votes is uh, currently you have, uh, what have you found the most successful marketing campaign to keep your three-day board full? We talked a little bit about the freezer thing, but what are the things that you're doing right now that, and, and you mentioned diversifying your marketing a lot. Yeah. What are those things that you're doing? And then we'll, we'll talk about getting that average ticket up in a minute too. Sure. Absolutely. So, you know, um, I'm not a believer of just marketing online. You know, we still come out in, you know, newspapers. We're still in the phone books. Uh, really? Believe it or not. You know, yeah, absolutely. Here in LA, I'm still in uh, about 110 phone books, actually. But that's also taking a hit because, again, who's picking up the phone book? Only your senior citizen is, and they're the ones that are more at, at risk right now. So we've also learned how to acquire small companies. And what do I mean by that? You know, your one-man truck operation where we do the acquisition. And all I want is his phone number. And we don't change that phone number. We don't change that name. And we've learned how to acquire, you know, whoever knows out there about what they call that, the, what was it called back in the days? I don't know, Tom, have you ever heard about the 10-digit marketing? 
where you open up the phone book and you start calling the phone numbers, whatever, which ones are disconnected. And then you buy that phone number. And the oh. next thing you know, you get business through that phone number. Oh my God, I, I, I did that years ago. And I still have calls coming in from those, those companies when I used to pick up the phone book and call, but now I changed my strategy. So what I did is I changed my strategy and I started calling all these phone numbers that are in, you know, on online on Google maps. I started calling all the phone numbers that would come up on Google Maps and whatever phone number I would find disconnected, I'd call my damn phone provider and say, hey, could you buy this number? Well, <laughs> get back to you. Mario, I just bought it. Great. Put it up, put it apart. You know, that's why I have so many phone numbers with service time. I think I have 250 numbers with service time. And that's all because numbers that I have purchased that I find that are disconnected and we end up getting business through that. So and it's um, service site and tracks the revenue coming in from them. So obviously service site tracks the, tracks the revenue. So we do local service ads. I have three satellite offices for uh, local service ads. So what do we do to keep our three-day board full? Well, that's a very good question that maybe I don't have the correct answer for you. We try to make sure that we pack up our three-day boards. Listen, my business runs more. Let me if I can, let me see if I can give you more of a better answer. 70% of the business that comes in today into my company at Express is more of an urgency call. 30% is more of an install, right? That they want a new car charger installed, a new chandelier, a new light. But 70% about 70% of the calls are urgency calls, which no power, flickering lights, partial power, smoking outlet, smoking panel. And those are the type of calls that I actually want. So, you know, being in front of the customer when they need us the most is what my job is here at Express, making sure that we push a lot of our marketing. How much do those phone numbers cost you, by the way, when you buy them that are disconnected? Sometimes I just pay the last bill. You know, I negotiate the bill. I think the highest one I've ever paid for was like 200 bucks. You know, um, the other ones I paid like $60 or they just tell me just start paying the bill for it. And, and then um, just paid the bill and then I would just port it into service time, just pay service time, whatever they were charging me for the phone number. I don't want to say because I'm an old school guy, right? Yeah, so, okay. Um, but yeah, it's, 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 uh, you know, the marketing part of it, guys, it's very important. Uh, I know for some of you contractors that are on here, you guys just strictly rely on the internet. And I can tell you that don't put all your eggs in one basket because you know, some of the worst ROI that you can have month after month can be coming from AdWords. As we know that there's a lot of contractors on AdWords, but you know, if you got to yeah. hit, if you got to do direct mail, you know, it's, um, putting your name back out there, right? So how do keep, how, how do you, you know, the, with the 70% urgency calls that we get and how do we keep a three-day board full? It's because we can only take on so many appointments. You know, our job here is to make sure that we can keep our technicians busy, but I'm not into, so, so I'm electrical. I want you guys to understand that I am strictly electrical. We don't have a formula where we say, this technician should run three calls this day. No, no, for us it's like, give them one call. Give him one call. I want him to stay there. And if he becomes available, call dispatch to see if we have another call for you. If not, you're going to idle. Right? So we averagely, Scott's honor, we averagely give our technicians 1.5 calls a day. That's it. That's it. You know, so. But um, I guess at that point, so when you're trying to increase average ticket, that guy knows right there, if I don't make something out of this call, I might not have something for my next call. Exactly. You know, but again, it's about training your technicians training. I mean, I can't, I, I, I'm very repetitive when it comes to training technicians. I think this is the, the most important part of the puzzle of the company of your, of your organization is training your field staff without your field staff, you won't have any in-house staff. So your, your field staff is most important need to be trained tremendously. So again, going back to filling up your three day call board, Tom, you know, we can only take so many installs, per day, but also on urgency calls, believe it or not, because right now we stand at a 4.9 rating with Google with 1300 and change reviews. I think we're at 1300 reviews. Uh, the last time I checked, it could be 1200. I'm pretty sure it's 13 though. Well, they can look Our, it up. Mario with Express Electric <laughs> in Southern California, LA. So because we have so many good reviews, our CSRs have we have taught our, our CSRs and our dispatchers how to still book an urgency call on somebody that lost power to a couple outlets to wait for us till the next day. And because they point them towards our reviews, that has been very successful for us. 
you know so if you were my customer today tom you know we would be like tom did you take a look at our reviews you know we are a five-star brand company so if you're giving us the opportunity to be out there tomorrow we can be out there you can be first on the queue and that has worked for us very successfully interesting are you advertising on the radio that's uh, brian Ruggiero. i uh, asked that one no we just got off the radio to switch on to tv uh, i could say that you know, radio treated us very well, but we wanted to put our resources into strictly TV right now. Yeah. Hoping to get people while they're home and not driving. Well, that's exactly what we're doing. You know, I have to thank, I have to uh, thank Renee, my brother for that in my marketing team there, because I was pushing for, uh, you know, I'm an LA guys, Los Angeles, big population advertising on radio and TV is very, very, very expensive. But I got to thank my brother and the marketing team, but mostly my brother for opening me up because I was fighting him. I said, I want to be on the, you know, we used to be on the largest the AM talk radio station. And he was like, dude, there's nobody driving. All right, screw it. Let's just do TV, right? So we were able to negotiate four channels on TV. So we're coming out with high frequency. And when I mean high frequency, it's like we're coming out, I think like 40, 50 times per channel per day. Nice. So. And our message is just clear, like I was telling you, just being human. We're in this fight together. Because we are. Tell me what human being is not in this fight together. Yeah. Right? Funny thing, I was telling my technicians when they fight us on, I said, hey, guys, you guys remember, you guys were pushing us back on service time going paperless. I said, try to fight the COVID, damn it. Let me see you try to man up to it. You can't even see the damn thing. Right? So we're all in this fight together. Right? So, yeah. yeah so I got to, I got to, yeah, so. Well, uh, Renee I, just, I, I see Renee said we're at 1,318 reviews on Google out of 4.9, right? Cool. So it's, it's, it's uh, I think yeah. reviews are very important right now too. So with uh, Marketing Pro, are you using Marketing Pro by any chance? Uh, no, we just signed up with it. Uh, you know, after that webinar with Service Time, we just signed up with it. So <laughs> I believe Renee just signed up with it. He's the one that takes care of that and you know, we had our own, we had our own system going out to our own customers, making sure that we can still touch base and keep in mind, guys, again, I will repeat this. I'm electrical. So it's very rare that the same customer will use me, you know, in six, seven years. So we are, we are after new customers on a daily basis, but that doesn't mean that we won't touch on the customers that we have serviced in the past. You know, we yeah, still touch, still touch for them. Daniel Gonzalez, you were asking about it. It's the number one question right now about marketing pro. I can tell you my company's using it, Lee's Air. The things that we're finding most effective are drip campaigns. You got to start those drip campaigns to get them going on like unsold estimates or some of that you haven't, they haven't done business with you in a year or something like that and build up. And then after you get that, basically what you're doing is you're building up a reputation with Google that you're not a spammer. And once you've done that for a little while, then send out those blasts to people like, hey, just letting you know we're open. You know, here's all the things we can do for you and that, and that kind of thing. If you're going to hit 20,000 of your customers at once, you don't want to go out and do a 20,000 email campaign day one. Cause then Google starts, Google's algorithm starts seeing you as a spammer and Google is Vahe mentioned in yesterday's announcements on his webinar about all the things that are coming out. He said, Google's spam filter is one of the like biggest, most complex algorithms to try to figure out what's spam, what's not. And they do a lot of stuff to make sure that you don't spam your customers. Kelly Weber asked, uh, you mentioned having satellite offices for Google local services. Can you elaborate on that? Yeah, sure. So first of all, they're not fake offices, right? Cause I know that there was a lot of people trying to fool Google, but you know what we, we got two other offices in different locations and you know, we made them into an office setting where we had one of our CSRs in there sitting there so it can be called a legit office and we used it as a resting station for our technicians when they were in the area so since i'm in los angeles we got a county out here called riverside i got an office in riverside and then i have an office in orange county then i got my corporate office in la but that did help us for local service ads to come out within that community because we all know that local service ads works you know for a minute google says oh we're not using it uh First, it was we're using it within a, uh, a perimeter of where your office is, and they took that away. But if you look at it again, they, they never took that away. Google is smart. They only want to show local businesses that are in in, in the area. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, for, for me, 
just to add to that, like I've got a bunch of little towns right around Fresno where my company is. And so like I've Clovis, Sanger, Madeira, and Mario's doing the same thing. He wants to show up in the town right next to him. So he's going to make a little office over there. I pay like 450 bucks a month for an empty office in Fresno. And what Mario pointed out though, is it has to be a real office because if you get a fake, if you just get an office and you don't have anyone in there and you don't have any desks in there, you don't have a sign on the door and Google finds out, they'll take down all your reviews, including the reviews on your main location. You want to have a real office there and then you can have, you can start getting reviews for it. And then all of a sudden you start showing up in that town next to you as having a location with reviews and that kind of stuff, which really helps with getting more revenue. And to give you my return investment, like the first four months I had, I was paying 450 bucks a month. Uh, I did a hundred thousand dollars in um, revenue from that location. So I spent two grand on the office space, but yeah, just keep in mind what Mario said. Don't, don't do a fake one. Cause uh, oh, no, they'll catch, they'll catch on to that. They're, they're pretty yeah. slick. They catch on to that shit. They yeah. Do. Yeah. What company are you working with to offer uh, payments for 12 months or no uh, payments we, for 12 months? Am I allowed to say that? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. We're, we're uh, negotiated with green sky. Okay. So 12 months, no interest, no payments on green sky. Right. And that their first payment uh, starts on the 13 month. And I think they were rolling this out for everybody. That's a, a Titan. So, you yep. know, where the first payment starts on the 13 month. I, yep. nego I negotiated the most important part, which is the contractor fee, right? Cause taking that hit, you know, Obviously, I want to help out my customers, but I also can't hurt the company, right? So, yeah. 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 So the next one is Alan Mitchell said, we recently created a position called customer experience specialist. We need guidance on creating a job description, a functional description. Uh, we want to make sure all of our customers love us. This will be your job. Sounds like that's what you do. No, he, 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 his first question was um, asking for a functional description of what I do. Alan, yes, that, that's correct. My, my job here at ServiceSign is VP of Customer Experience. The job description, if you um, give me your email, either put it in the question and answer or in the chat, I could send to you what I do on that. And Jackie, if, if you could grab it for me, Jackie's still... Yeah, um, um, he, sorry, he doesn't have to send it. We already have it because he registered for the webinar. So I'll Okay, send Alan, I'll send it to you. Just so you guys know, I mean, basically it's about at the VP role... I don't hand, I mean, I do actually get on Facebook right now and help because there's not a lot of other people there, but there's a lot of meeting with leadership and things that you probably wouldn't have to do at a smaller company. But yeah, basically what I'm supposed to be doing right now is getting that voice of the customer in. So we have a team now that collects data from you guys, either from Facebook or for net promoter scores, where we have CSAT scores, we have all kinds of stuff and aggregate that. And then I take it to Vahe, Ara, other people, executives and say, Hey, this is what the customers are saying. This is what they want. This is what they're putting into webinars. This is what they're putting into Facebook. We have, we literally ran a report last night with 6,000 data points on it from customers just in one month on things that they like and things that they don't like. And we just started doing that to try to help you guys to make the product better and make it easier and have, have the contractor's voice within service time. I also do a lot of recruiting within the industry to help get more industry people. We've hired eight CSMs, I think in the past, like now about six CSMs in the past three months that are from the industry to help customer success managers that will help you guys, you know, taking phone calls. We're trying to get more and more people from the industry in to help out giving ideas. So next one, Mario, does your marketing company come up with a lot of the ideas that you put out there or do, do you and they put it all together? It's a very good question. So I'm the one that comes up with a lot of the ideas, right? So I run it by them then they get my crazy idea and put it together in a puzzle. And then we run with it. If it doesn't work, then we trash it. If it does work, we continue to market together with it. But I think you have to have an open channel of communication with your marketing team. I think that's very, very, very important. Just to let you know, we have an open channel of communication with our marketing team on a daily basis. Our dispatchers have to communicate with our marketing team. I want to say every two to three times a day. And I designed it that way because I wanted to make sure that there's accountability behind who's, who's helping us be marketing. And this is for online marketing guys. I mean, those are the changes that you can make right away drastically, right? You can put the met, you know, put the, uh, what do they call it? The, uh, the gas fuel to the metal or whatever they call it, whatever. So, you know, those are the things that you can drastically change when it comes to online marketing. Well, do you use the EOS system? 
Do I use what? I'm sorry. EOS. Uh, I don't even know what that is. Okay, that's a no. It's it's a. I've seen some guys using it. It's a it's a system to use for your meetings and things like that to make it more efficient and uh, basically set your company up and and make plans. Um, well, we use so, a, we use a job board for that. So we okay. have a we we have another system that we keep keep track on. I don't want to be a micromanager because I used to be known as a micromanager, just hovering over your shoulder, what you're doing, oh, you're doing it wrong, right? Yeah. But we, we have our projects on project boards on what we're doing. Yeah. Okay, so uh, Alan Mitchell said, love Mario's tenacity, don't give up. Another thing is, uh, are you focusing your advertising on future projects or for service calls right now? You know, how can I answer that? I'm just, you know, I am, my marketing pieces right now is about today. What's happening today, right now, obviously, we don't know what the future holds for us, but I'm marketing for today. I'm marketing okay. for what's happening now. By the way, is your shop open? Can people come out there? Greg Shorts is wondering if Shorts Electric can come spend a day with Mario. Yeah, 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 come, man. I always say my office is open. You know, a lot of people have, I, you know, before this question is even asked, is, you know, I've been asked, how are you so profitable, right? How are you so profitable? If you don't mind, I can elaborate this on this, Tom. No, go for it. Number one is you got to make sure you're priced right. A lot of the contractors, uh, they go with what's in the industry. Man, guys, I would say F the industry when it comes to making sure. Why, would, why in the hell would I want to match my prices to the electrician that's down the street? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> so number one is make sure you're priced right. Tremendously you're priced right. Number two, make sure you train your technicians, right? And make sure that the, off, the people that you have working in your office, make sure that they're giving you 150% of their time and what they can do, actually do because we run in the office very thin because I know that I can have, you know, my, my people in the office do multiple things that are, instead of having one person saying, Hey, this, your job is just this. No, your job is to wear three hats and you take care of this. But we also benefit behind being profitable, you know, before we can even show the profits, you know, we like to give back to our employees. Well, and, and, Talking about giving back and giving back to the community, could you tell us about the story about the uh, the ring doorbell? Yeah, I mean, go, go, I mean, going out to your com your own community here. Um, I moved here to a city named the city of Downey. You go out, you create a letter, you send it out, you go knocking on the doors, and you tell them that you want to put the neighborhood together and you want to give them a free ring device. Some neighbors already had ring devices and think that you're a little bit nuts, but this is just to bring the community together. Right. And next, you know, it goes on the next door app and they start talking about you. And the next, you know, you start getting business out of there. And then you're like, oh, I don't even think about it. It just just happened. Right. <laughs> just worked. Right. So, so but, but we to, like to explain, though. So Mario literally called up Ring and said, I want to give about a bunch of free Ring doorbells with cameras on them to help protect my community. So we'll have cameras everywhere for people stealing packages and whatever else. And then he offered and installed them for free. Gave them the ring device for free. He got a good deal on it because he talked to Ring and they they gave him a cut, you know, and and for doing bulk ordering, and literally went door to door and started installing Ring doorbells for free, and and he turns around he's got twenty seven percent net profit last year. Right. So, you know, when it comes when it comes to giving back to the community, guys, it's all about making sure that you can actually give back from not a perspective of trying to get business to come back to you is just being human and giving back, man. I mean, me and my brother, and I'm sure my brother's on here listening, you know, we come from a very tough background, you know, from being broke, right? That's a straight up. And, you know, when you know that you're being broke, it's uh, you got to hustle making sure you make things right. But, you know, after you've made some money and if you can give back, I got to thank my wife. Uh, she taught me how to, you know, give back to, the people that are most in need, which is your homeless community. And we go out and we feed the homeless throughout the year. We go out and we feed the homeless and it just makes us, I don't want to say it makes my soul feel better, but it just makes me feel good that I can give back to the community. Right. Cool. So. Yeah. What's the best sales training program that you've used? Ooh, that's a very good question. Uh, I think, uh, I mean, there's, there's Joe Casera, there's Joe Grady, the service profit group. Uh, there's Nexstar, there's SGI. I can only tell you that the one that we're practicing now and the one that we actually put together is by a company called, am I okay to say company names on here, Tom? Yep, is that right yep. next to them? It's called, yeah, uh, you're the, using them. yeah, Service Profit Group. Uh, they actually, we actually got our heads together, me and the owner, Joe Grady. And uh, 
you know, he's been out to my shop to train a couple technicians and we try to make the training and how to run the perfect service call with like within a 12 step program, just like Nexstar does. Nexstar has a great training program, but I got to say the one I'm using right now is from um, my buddy that runs his own company called SPG. Right. So, um, okay. Yeah. It looks like the next one's about training as well, but it sounds like you've answered that one. And we if, if you, let, let me let me let me elaborate on training, guys. We got to make sure that you make your training fun. I have boot camp. <laughs> if I if I wasn't going through this COVID sh crap right now, I'm trying to I'm trying to watch <laughs> that. I don't. I'm trying to watch that. It's, I don't not to cuss. Yeah, I cuss a lot. Um, if it wasn't if it wasn't for this COVID, I'd be holding boot camp right now. Twice a year in my organization, we hold boot camp. What is boot camp? Boot camp means that you have to come into our shop for 30 days. Now, you know, obviously not Saturdays or Sundays or Fridays, but, you know, Monday through Thursday, you come in through boot camp and you have to graduate again about how to run the perfect service call. It's all about training your techs. If you don't train your technicians and you expect them to actually just go out there and perform and then you're, you're you know, you're, you're out there wondering why your profit margins or your GPs are looking terrible, well, it all has to do with training. So, and what, you know, you're not talking about eight hours a day for a month, right? It's how long is it that you go per day on this 30 day boot camp? So we do it for an hour a day, you know, and we okay. do it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. We try to cut it down to Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, but I seen that if I cut it down, the, the class would, it would be over a month, right? So we designed it to make sure that it's a 30 day boot camp, and we've got to make sure that they graduate the boot camp. Now what happens if they don't graduate the boot camp? Well, yeah. well, we'll make sure we put them through the boot camp again and they don't want to do that. Right. So, you know, there's two things. There's, there's a thing called listening and there's a thing called hearing. A lot of my technicians hear me, but they don't listen. It's when you pull their ear a little bit that they listen, but we're not trying to be that harsh. You know, we're, we're human too. Yeah. We, we got to wrap it up in just a minute, but uh, Diego Garcia, we didn't, we only have one on Facebook that got to get answered is um, what would you say is the biggest impact of a small shop of electrical tech should be doing for marketing? Um, making sure that you diversify your marketing. I mean, look at, uh, and I personally know Diego, you know, I've told them, make sure that you can negotiate with your local newspaper, make sure, you know, negotiate with your local newspaper is probably key to success, especially right now that everybody's pulling out of marketing. You can negotiate with your local newspaper, you know, negotiate with your cable company to come up, come out just on your local channels locally within your area only that you want to market yourself. And look for the online directories that are out there. You know, for smaller shops, there's online directories that you can actually use that will sell you the three leads to the same contractor. But if you're fast on pulling the trigger on that, those things work. If you're a smaller shop, they work, but you got to be really on top of them. Right. So, yeah. Got it. If you have, let me see here if I got extra time to answer these last couple. Do you have any, a, a, a little bit of extra time? Yeah, go ahead. Shoot. Okay. So just real quick, we'll try to, we talked a little bit about the structure in the boot camp. So it's about one hour a day for 30 days. So Charles Vargas asked that. Um, and, and then you, you have them basically have to graduate and they have to run a perfect service call, things like that. So we could probably count that as answered just because we're trying to get through quickly. And it says, so they do one hour a day, then they run a call is what Scott Forbes is asking after when they're doing the boot camp. Yeah. After they do the boot camp, then they start running their service calls. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we, I mean, listen, I'm in California. I got to track, I got to track people's hours. I mean, you know that California is so strict and it's an employee state, not an employer state. It's an employee state. So, I mean, our technicians, they averagely work 10, 10, 11 hours a day, no problem. And we have to with, show with that one and a half day. calls a day. Yeah. Yeah. Because we want them to stay on there. We want them to stay on their damn, uh, on that call that they're going to, you know, <laughs> Renee, that Renee, that keeps an eye on our technicians. You know, he knows that after a, a technician gets his third service fee for the day, he's done for the day. He's done. We don't yeah. care. We don't care how busy our board is. I don't care. You know, during the summertime, Tom, and, and, and this is a true story, during the summertime for us, and whoever thinks that electrical is not weather-driven has not really been there. But electrical is weather-driven as well. During the summertime, I literally throw away about 30 calls a day, 30 calls that we can't get to. We just can't get to them. But, you know, no matter how busy we are, if I had 30 service calls today and I had a technician that already got three, three service calls, he's going home. He's done. His mindset is already done for the day. Wow. That's really interesting. 
I think that goes to the next question. How do you keep employees motivated and accountable? Right. Yeah, you're going, if you're getting three service colonies per day and you're not turning that into something, you're done. I'm the and smooth guess, guy now. I'm the smooth guy now. Like I, I'm the, I'm Renee. Uh, he's the hammer. I'm the, you know, when people come to me and they talk to me and I'm like, Hey, how's the wife? How's everything? How's life? Sit down. Hey, I heard this happen. And then I just go into like, Hey, tell me, tell me what's going on. I don't want to know. I don't want to know anything about your personal life because I'm in California, but I just try to get into their mindset, you know, try to get into yeah. their mind. And then sometimes they, you know, they tell you the truth. You know, I'm, yeah. hey, I'm having personal problems. I'll tell you what, why don't you take tomorrow off so it can help you defuse what you got going on. And then we're back on track, come in for training. Come on, we can do this together as a team because one team like a rock, you know, my, my, my management and my CSR, my manager, she came up with that, you know, with one team like a rock without a team, we can't go far. So it's just uh, making sure that your attitude as the leader is key to success and motivation. If you're very strict with your technicians, I can see that hurt some of the smaller companies like ourselves. I'm going to share this with you. You're asking the technician to knock on the door, to do a presentation, to do the repair, collect the money, and bring it back to the office. Oh, my God. These guys just want to turn a wrench. So how do you keep them motivated? You know, you keep them motivated by, by pumping them up, by being truthful. I'm just a – man, I'm just as transparent as it can be. My door is always open. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what do you have watched for uh, when, when advertising financing so that you don't break any laws? Right. Yeah. So we have attorneys that look at it. <laughs> we have, matter of fact, this commercial that we're dealing with right now, because of how it was, we're behind a few days because attorneys got involved. Oh, oh, yeah. On, on, bo on both sides, Green Sky attorneys and my marketing agency attorneys. So we how is it? How, how isn't it hard in California to find an attorney? I, I don't know if there's that many out here. <laughs> Man, I, think I, I think I have 10 neighbors that are attorneys, dude. I mean, a dime a dozen, you know? Yeah. So what percentage of labor do you target for annual training? You know, we don't really... That's Alan that's Mitchell, very, by the way, is asking that. So Yeah, that's a very good question. Um, I don't even put a budget on how much I'm going to be spending for percentage of labor of training. I don't really put a budget on that. We keep an eye on the budget for how much labor we're putting, we're, we're uh, on our P&L, but I don't even put a budget on it. To me, that's irrelevant. I just, I don't worry about that. What I worry about is making sure that I can train my technicians and making sure that they can go out there and generate. Okay. Hong Zhu asked, are your techs on hourly pay or performance pay? Both. Yeah. I'm, I'm California, baby. I got to show, I got to show that I'm paying on an hourly pay, but I mean, who are we kidding? the most successful technicians that you will see are going to be performance-based paid techs because they want a piece of the pie. Listen, I had a conversation with a good friend of mine many years ago and he said, Mario, you, you have these guys knocking on the door and making a presentation and doing the job and bringing the bag back to the office. Yeah. Why aren't you giving them a piece of the pie? And that's when I said, man, you're right. So yeah, compensation. Some people know it as commission. So yeah, performance pay is the way to go for us. Yeah. Uh, do you see, well, this one, Harry Gersh asks, do you use a system software program? I, I think he's meaning software program for dispatches. So service time, if it's for dispatch software, I got to say service time, boy, uh, my wife was still working in the office. She was very active. And when she sees, when she see uh, when she's seen service time, the way it worked compared to, I'm not going to mention the other ones that we were on. Cause we were on two different, very, very large, uh, CRMs. Service time was a no brainer, man. <laughs> it was so cool. Right. I don't look at it as much as I used to, though, because it, uh, you know, I got other people that can take care of that now. But uh, when I used to look yeah. at it, I, I fell in love with it quick, especially the recording, <laughs> especially <laughs> the recording part. The call recording? Yeah, yeah. Well, he said for writing, he, he clarified, for writing systems, plans of instructions for work. You know, that's a very good question. Uh, we don't use a software program for that. Um, I think we, we can say we're still a little old school, we have a consultant that works for an attorney that comes into our office. You know, how did, how did we put procedures in place? We actually hired somebody to come in and sit in our office for a few weeks and interview everybody, what their portion was and see how the flow of the company was. And we got a playbook now how the company flows, which is not a bad idea. I should put it in a damn cloud, right? Because if my <laughs> building catches on fire, I'll lose that information. So I'm sure it's stored somewhere. So Gareth Kelly is asking, do you see an increase in average ticket after, after training? 
all the time all the time especially the new people right so we we groom our our own technicians in-house we we grab apprentices and we make them in especially when you let the apprentice go oh my god it's it, it's it's great to see them you know uh conversion rate 80 percent average ticket 1800 and they're going and they're all happy and then they hit that slump and they go down <laughs> and we try to change their mindset but training you will always i don't care who you are um if you really really focus on training you will always see your average ticket go up especially your conversion rate you will see your conversion rate go up more than your average ticket jeffrey wilbur is asking how much is your marketing budget as a percentage of sales oh that's a very good question i was hoping i wasn't going to be asked that <laughs> so we are huge on marketing right so we have an allowance of 16 percent of our sales go to that's our allowance i don't i don't wow. say i spend that i don't say i spend that but that is our allowance there is months that we do spend that, but if I look at my year year after year PNL, I am sitting around 13% marketing to my sales. And just so you guys know, I talked to Mario a lot about this kind of stuff. And uh, he holds that net profit and is still able to spend that much money on marketing because all of his other stuff is super, super, super efficient in his office. He doesn't want to spend money on extra things, extra processes, extra people that isn't necessary. He automates everything that he can. And that's the way he keeps his overhead down low enough, even though he has 13% cost of marketing. Right. So, no, yeah, that's for damn sure. We keep it as thin as possible in our office. And, you know, we've had people visit our office and you're like, is this all the people you have working here? I said, what do I want more for? <laughs> so, you know, you heard the saying that one people work, two people talk and three people party. You know, <laughs> you get three people in a group, they're going to just start, you know, hey, how was your weekend? And I'm just staring at them like, hey, you're on my time, go to work, right? So <laughs> we, we run very streamlined. Um, yeah. I'm, not, you, I'm not saying, listen, guys, I'm not saying I'm doing it the right way. I'm not. I'm just yeah. saying that I like the way I'm doing it now, and that's just the way I decided to do it. I'm not perfect. Yeah. Harry Gersh is asking, who, who, helped, you, who helped you write your playbook <laughs> in your office for your systems and processes? Right. So like I said, I, we, we hired somebody that uh, was referred by our attorney that she's more like a, let's say paralegal on her own. And, um, we had her, we hired her and she sat in our office for weeks. She interviewed everybody at what their job position was and what they were doing. And she created a playbook for us after three weeks. And it was pretty cool because it, it, we actually got to see the flow on paper and we're like, Whoa, this is, we have a system. You kidding me. Right. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, we, we've been having a system for a while now. Okay. Right. Well, um, I, I got two questions left that I got to ask you. Well, first of all, I got to tell you, Ryan Stairs, I just want to let you know, there's four people, the fourth person, they have three people to party, but the fourth person is the one to go get the beer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A, a, a friend of mine would say, you buy, I fly. <laughs> you buy, I fly. <laughs> and he said it's a lot of steps for the beer run is that what, that's what renee said so um i just these last two questions are basically the same one is uh how many techs and office people do you have to do your um line? i think i think right now we are running uh that's a good question for renee we got about 35 techs out in the field and maybe we got about 12 people in the office somewhere okay. around there and keep in mind guys it's just electrical so yeah no big hvac system sales and things like that yeah. Um, which and is that's, and that's including the count, counting my apprentices that are not on service time. We don't put our apprentices on service time. Our yeah. project manager is the one that uses her own system to make sure that our apprentices float within our uh, technicians. Yeah. Right. So it, yeah, helpers and things don't have to be paid for on service time. Right. The next two are like basically both asking if they can reach out to you guys and if there's a way to reach out to you for additional information. We we can't publish your information unless you're okay with it. Um, yeah, 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 for sure, man. Publish my information. You know, Tom, I was, I'm transparent, man. If I can take your call, I can take your call. Listen, guys, I'm in my living room right now. Welcome to my living room because uh, my brother, like I said, I got to thank Renee, my brother, man. He's my rock, man. And my brother's my best friend. And he's, uh, you know, in the in the office right now running the company. He's the one that actually told me to look, dude, stay home, man. I don't I don't need you out there, man. I you get this, Tom. I got a phone call from one of my technicians and he, he uh, let me have it. He's like, dude, what are you doing here in the office? Could you please go home? We need you in the company. You're the rock of the company. I don't need you to be exposed to this COVID. Just go home. And I was like, man, for me to hear that from one of my techs, it really meant a lot to me. 
And uh, I've been staying home here with my family. The grit and know-how required to tackle your community's toughest jobs hasn't changed, but the way companies run their business has. Service Titan is the only field service software that was born in the trades, built for the trades. If you're interested in seeing what Service Titan can do for your business, request a demo at servicetitan.com slash trades, and we'll send you a new Milwaukee tool set, plus a free iPad when you sign up. That's servicetitan.com slash trades. You've been listening to Toolbox for the Trades, presented by Service Titan, the leading home and commercial field service software. Please subscribe to Toolbox for the Trades wherever you get your podcasts to hear all of our episodes. Want to learn more? Check out servicetitan.com slash podcast. Thanks for listening.